0: Yo, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Anime Brothers Podcast, and welcome to Movie May, as we will call it, instead of Jamoovijune. We got it right this year. Yeah, we did. Movie May is happening. I am your host, JD, and over on the other
1: side is Mr. Earthworm. How are you today, bud? I'm on the other side of the world today. Uh, we, you know, we, I can't see you today. I was feeling lazy. Um, I just didn't want to drive. I, so. To
0: be honest, I, we've been just talking about, it, but Jedi uh, Survivor yeah, is out, you so it makes me it out easier as soon to as it was over anyway. So well, you're like gonna be that, watching me. You know, that's yeah, what happened.
1: Now, now it's not like weird or anything. We're good, bro. It's all good. Um, ha! Yeah, movie May. We got it right this year. We didn't fuck up. We don't have to make up a new stupid word. Hell yeah, go us.
0: We could have done movie March too, but um, after we did the uh, anime Boston and stuff like that, and we've kind of been watching our own things at the moment. I'm like, you know, what's something that we can get back to reviewing, but doesn't take up a whole lot of time? But there's still some good shit out there, and why not movies? Like we've we did it one time, and we actually enjoyed most of the
1: movies, so why not do it again? You know, that's the thing. Like I, I think we both like movies, just. On their own, like regardless of if they're anime or not, like we both, you know, you more so definitely, but absolutely, we both we both enjoy a good film, you know, a good hour and a half, two hours of stuff, and then it's it's pretty much over unless they're sequels, but that's you know we'll talk about that later. Uh so yeah, like I, I just I think anime films kind of get wrapped up in like it's either Studio Ghibli, which fair, Studio Ghibli shits amazing. Or you know, it's uh, people don't really think about films, you know. I or it's just it feels so different as like when people are like, "Hey, name your top anime." If you say like a film, they're like, "Oh, well, no, that doesn't count." It's like, well, does it though? I don't know. So yeah, we are we're dedicating a month to movies.
0: This kind of leads us to a thing where, um, if you've been sticking around since the beginning of our podcast, you probably didn't know that we've actually watched Akira a long time ago, and so did Earthworm many times over but we were guesting on uh you know another podcast and all that stuff and basically we talked about Akira nonstop on that podcast and we never got to really talk about it on our podcast kind of like me and Earthworm always do and we're like we we have to do that you know what i'm saying
1: yeah uh i'm i'm completely with you first of all i will review Akira with anybody at any time um if you want to just go in the voice chat in the discord and talk about Akira i'm probably down but yeah it's going to be good, Um, you know, when when it's like a guest podcast or something, or you have guests, or there's more than just two people, sometimes you don't, you're not able to get all your thoughts out, or you have to Bogart a conversation, so this yeah. will be cool, just the boys just rapping about probably my favorite movie ever, it's definitely like top three, I'd say, and just one of the, undoubtedly one of the coolest movies to ever be made. Yeah, and uh, once again, I didn't do it justice. sorry. I said podcast. uh,
0: If you haven't heard, it's talking anime. We did it a long time ago when it was uh, both Mitch and uh, our buddy Sky that's in our Discord. They had a little um, uh, co-host thing going on for the show for a while, and we got on. So there was like four of us, and it was good, but it's like I was saying, we want to be able to get more in-depth about certain things, get a refresh on the movie, watch it again. Uh, because, yeah, we, we didn't do it justice enough, maybe, is what I'd like to say. And I feel like I have to really touch on the score I gave and maybe even change it, you know, wink, wink, um, All right. after seeing it at a second time. So, very interesting uh, uh, conversation we're going to have coming soon.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm really excited. Uh, if you haven't watched Akira, please, I mean, spoilers, really, it's, it's not really the... The movie itself, it's not really like the most intense plot. I mean, if you hear about what happens, it's very JoJo esque, where it's like, what do, you, what do you mean? There was a grotesque blob baby? I have no idea how that got there, and it's like we, I really don't either. So yeah, I wouldn't. You could probably listen to this, but there will be spoilers ahead. So if you're really dead set against that, come back, go watch Akira. It's two hours. It's on Hulu in the United States at least. I don't know about other countries, dub and but- sub. Dub and sub, and they're both really good. So like, go watch Akira if you haven't, and if you have, strap in, because uh, after we do all our regular bullshit, we're, we're going to get in. We're going to go, and we're going to yeah. have some So fun. this
0: is your first warning. There will be a second warning before we actually get to the topic, because we're going to check on ourselves a little bit for a little snippet. So you have been warned once. The second one comes later.
1: That's true. Okay. So um, we're going to get into a couple, couple things of business real quick. Nothing crazy, but we're going to get that out of the way. So, J.D. and I have talked about this, and we've been kind of waiting for the right time to do it. And I don't know that this is the right time, but this is a time Oh, my God, you're pregnant. Yes, I am (laughs) pregnant. Um, (laughs) Courtney and Carl, you can't have all the glory anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But anyway, um, yeah, so uh, nothing big, but you guys are going to notice a little bit of a logo change coming up. Um, So we pretty much kept the anime brothers, but you're going to notice that instead of two big, muscly boys shaking hands, it's just it's just us now. It's our little chibis. All thanks to Amelia from Otaku Host Club who uh, made our design for us. Yes. Thank you, Amelia. I don't know that she's taking commissions or anything or I'd say hit her up. But, you know, she's in our discord. So, like, it can't hurt to ask. Um, But don't be mad if she says no. She's a very busy woman got a lot a lot of shit going on but yes so we have new chibi design and we hope you like it i think it's just the coolest thing ever and i I, again i hope that everybody else is like hey you guys are cute because we are like not in real life we're we're kind of i mean i'm not going to speak for jd but i'm a roach but my chibi design oh my god i just want to take him on a little dinner date so cute
0: <laughs> um, and I didn't really get to talk to this with Mr. Earthworm, but I don't think he's gonna mind with us changing logos and all that stuff. Uh, actually, recently in the Discord, it was kind of mentioned if we're ever gonna give away a shirt again, and we've kind of held on to one of our original design shirts. We gave uh, one away to one of our uh, Discord members who won the uh, competition of roasting us. So I'm hoping to do like one more competition to get rid of the last shirt that we have of the old logo. As much as it's not like the new logo anymore. It's a free shirt. And uh
1: we'll make sure to put the contest out eventually and hopefully y'all will get involved. And it's a piece of history. And uh on that topic about like merch and stuff, we've had a few people reach out, but um I guess this is kind of my call to action if you guys really are interested in merch, like this is the time, get in the Discord, add us on Twitter and, and Instagram and all that hooblygop that you kids do.
0: Even email um, us. We got some people that actually want to email us. That works yeah, too. Like,
1: like if you're listening to this episode especially on release week like if you will open up a red bubble store like we we might you know we have the logo obviously but maybe we'll look into some other designs some anime brothers exclusive stuff but yes if you really really want it um reach out let us know tell us if you would buy a hat or a shirt or whatever and we'll look into making a red bubble cuz that's easy enough <laughs> isn't it I think so. Like they you just put designs on, and then they they it's like print um, it's like a print on demand. So like when someone buys something, they print it and ship it, and uh we get like not a lot of money, but it's a little bit of money, and it's like hey somebody's wearing our shirt, that's pretty cool. Hey, hey, <laughs> yes, um oh, what else? there was probably something else, but yeah, and logo design, and we got other stuff that I was thinking about that I can't remember now. JD say something. <laughs> well, also, uh,
0: unfortunately, uh, it won't be out yet by the time that I uh, the episode comes out, but I want to have you know that the episode for Trigun has been completed. Uh, the guests were there. We had a great time. Uh, unfortunately for you non-Patreon fans, you will not get the episode about the new Trigun and the old Trigun comparison uh, I tell a week later. Like we usually mention, the Patreon gets you an early access to the episode, but do hope to look for the Trigun episode for all you Patreon members. If not, you probably will not be getting uh, the actual episode for another like week from, from. what do I say, like today? Or would I say a couple of days before that? Either way, uh, it, it'll we'll be see. a week it'll, later.
1: <laughs> by the time this episode comes out, on if you are a patron of the Anime Brothers, you will have access to JD's Trigun Stampede episode it will be on the patron page. I guarantee it. Uh, if you are not a patron, then yeah, you're going to have to wait until sometime in the future. Uh, but it's a dollar. So if you're like, hey, I really got to I, I, I'm jonesing. I, I love, need to
0: know. I need I to need know to. this
1: first week. <laughs> you're just, if you're just screaming in your car right now, give it to me. Give me the fucking dragon. Then yeah, you know, go ahead and go over to patreon.com slash animebrotherspodcast. It's right there. It's waiting for you. It's beckoning to you. It's calling. <laughs> it's like the one ring. <laughs> It is. It is like the one ring. It is like the one fucking ring. Um here we go. All right. But I think that
0: is I think that is the end of the business, I think. I don't think we have anything else going on. Probably
1: not. Oh yeah, no. No, I remember now. Yay, yay. Um we got a review. That I want we to read. We got a review. We got a review. And it came in, we noticed it at least literally right after we finished recording the last episode. Oh. So. Oh, okay. 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 All right, here we go. It is a four star review. ooh uh uh, it is from j Lee star six nine seven almost nice um mm. it says fun but nitpicky. These guys are entertaining but can over criticize anime, especially material that's primary demographic is for children. Thank you and for the I'm review, guessing, first of all.
0: Th- thank you for the the review. Uh, I like some of the blunt honesty and the fact that you know it's a four star. Like we're going to read pretty much every review, yeah. no matter what it is.
1: This isn't um, a call out or anything. We are genuinely like, thank you, thank you for the review, and that that is like constructive criticism. I appreciate. I'm that.
0: sure the 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 thing where it says for children is the shonen because it's a teenage graphic. Like I don't yeah, know. I, uh, I unless it was the Digimon talk cuz that is technically more for a younger audience as well. It is.
1: Like I, you know, but to be fair, <laughs> I and I understand your gripe, but like, if you like my, my partner Kelly, you, you you could imagine being her. I'll sit there we'll watch a fucking like Pepsi commercial and I'll be like, do you think the red symbolized uh you know the one animator's love for communism and Marxism. <laughs> She'll just be like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" And I'll be like, "Eh, it's there. If you look hard enough, it's there. It's everywhere." So yeah, I have a tendency to over criticize stuff. I'll give you that one.
0: Yeah, and what I'd like to say is that that could be also my fault because I try to balance out Earthworm with like you know sometimes he goes too far with it, and I have to bring him back to reality. Like, hey, you don't mind JoJo stuff, but you you hate this kind of stuff. But in the end. We kind of also like to go a little farther than normal and maybe kind of like give a bunch of shit to certain like animes halfway because it's funny. It's fun. We're just being a little bit of a hag. We promise we're not really trying to be nitpicky all the time on purpose. We just like to have a good time and kind of like use some heavy sarcasm that sometimes over the airways just does not reach someone. And I, uh, I apologize for that.
1: Yeah, yeah, and by no way were we trying to like legitimately shit on someone's favorite show or be like, yeah, but these little details ruined it or or like make you realize that it's not that good. It's not what we're trying to do. It's just, hey, we're here. We're talking for an hour and a half, give or take. We got, we might as well say something. You know, we might. If, if we, we have gotta something do, we to dig, dig into. To. I mean,
0: at this point, I just go stir crazy.
1: Yeah, so uh, thank you for the review. As always, if you would like to give us a review, we would fucking welcome it, even if it's a weird review about JoJo's that you left on our podcast once that's the thing that <laughs> we happened. don't forget hey it's fine it's still i that's like my favorite review out of all even all the five stars i'm like this one this one right here will live on an in infamy
0: yeah absolutely so uh once again thank you for the review um
1: other than that yeah it is for for the business thanks for reminding me i totally forgot that no i got you boo i'm actually on my game today i've uh, i've been cutting down on caffeine i haven't had a red bull today which is weird i feel like i have a wow big, like, an intense manic energy going on. Uh, but, yeah, I've been, uh, been trying to, like, not do energy drinks because they're fucking loaded with sugar and a bunch of caffeine. And after doing a couple episodes with Matt, you know, we get talking and, uh, you know, he has anxiety, too. And it's like, hey, uh, I, I, people have told me not to do caffeine. And when he told me that, I was like, huh, I never really made the correlation between caffeine and anxiety.
0: You you but, could say it's
1: caffeine, but also the sugar crash doesn't help, and you don't go sugar free, so that doesn't no, help either. No, like most, of, a lot of my diet, like I eat a lot of sugary shit. It's not good for me, but I figured, well, maybe I can cut this out because really, like I love the taste of Red Bull, but I'm I drink it immediately for the caffeine and to avoid the caffeine headache. But I've been drinking like black tea in the morning, and that's been okay. It's been getting me through the morning, and then you know it's. It, at some point with like a meal or something, I'll have like a soda, but it's whatever. I'm doing it. We're here. Well, I'm proud of you, man. Thank you. Um, But you, you've been doing other cool stuff that's way cooler than being healthy. You've been finishing long anime. Yeah, essentially, uh,
0: except for going outside and trying to be a normal human, like uh, we explained in the last episode, I've pretty much went through almost a mental discovery of such because I finished Monster as of yesterday before this recording, and the same time I watched Akira. So I really got hit with so many different feelings and so many things. But I-, I will say that Monster left me doing that thing we all do when we have to fully more look up and engage and read every little detail. Oh, oh you had one and, of those. And, all right. Yeah, and see what other people kind of got from this or noticed from it that maybe I missed or Maybe the open-ended type of ending is kind of way I perceive it is different than what someone else perceived, which is what we do with Ava and all these other classic anime. Um, Truly a fascinating show that I got my gripes about the length, but truly I I cannot downplay the importance of this whole entire anime and almost every episode mattered. Uh, It's just kind of crazy. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I mean, and that's so... When you say... I just want to kind of break this down real quick. When you say you have a problem with the length, is that more just, like, a problem with you having to sit? And I guess it does... So you said every episode matters. Like, is that... Do do you honestly believe that... There's going to be
0: times where I told you that, like, there's certain characters that show up for, like, only one or two episodes, but Uh it really harkens back to, like, those one or two episodes mattering. Or, like, this character shows up for only two, three episodes... And then I'm not, it's not really a spoiler because I won't tell you who dies, but then the character said dies and the impact of the death and the couple of moments you had with the character and some of the words he says before he dies hits and resonates with you more than you can imagine. You're like, this is just, this is just a side, side character. It's, it's kind of impressive. And it all comes to a point exactly like I thought by the end of the show, you know, all the all the characters converge to one point and everything makes sense and they baby food like the information to you slowly at the end but it doesn't feel like you're being baby fed it feels all organic and all natural and truly spectacular i mean it's making me say big words and that does, that's all <laughs> that's i can not really you eat.
1: you don't. you're just like good and great but you now you're saying sp- phenomenal god you're gonna start sounding like vince vaughn i I don't know
0: what I'm gonna sound like, but um no i I just can't i I wanna talk about it. I truly wish almost we were watching it together to have a huge discussion episode. There's so much to unpack on it, and uh I truly liked it um and i I mean, maybe at some point I will do another side type of episode like Trigon to talk about it because I feel like this is one I can't just not ever fully talk about unless I come on here and do it by myself and spoil everything while you listen. Um, <laughs> oh but man, the, uh, I do have to. But, I do have to. It's, things. it's a lot. So, uh but no, I, I, I can't, I can't stress enough how a, if you haven't seen Monster, I'm late to the party. Watch it. Uh Unfortunately, what I say the length is because if it was dubbed, I wouldn't have felt so held down at some points where even I was like, I don't care, I don't want to watch it. But then in the end, it all mattered. So it's kind of like disappointing that I, I was so negative on certain episodes because I just wanted to move uh, along, but it all came to a very great ending. Uh, well, great ending. I mean, it depends on who you are. I mean, some people may not have liked the ending. I don't know. I heard it was very, uh, very, um, separating. But Some people didn't like it. Yeah. Divisive. Yeah. yeah. I was trying to find the word there. I lost my big words. It's all yeah.
1: <laughs> I used too many of them at once,
0: <laughs> but, uh, studio madhouse, man. I mean, though really? back in the day, Like this was six years after Trigon, and I always like say that I like Madhouse, but their their anime was dated. This is definitely not the most well animated compared to like Black Lagoon and shit like that. Madhouse did this, and they just know when to step it up and when not to. Like if they have because you know the budget probably wasn't huge for
1: this type of show. Yeah, well they knew where to put their money, like in the moment. Yeah, they made sure to 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 make sure
0: the panic in people's faces when they like you know it's a lot of psychology kind of thing. The eyes were really. Heavily in depth. It's just, it's a very dark tone type of show, but it just works. Uh, and I, I, I'm giving it right now a nine out of ten. I don't think it's recency bias. Uh, bias. I think no. it's really worth the time. I most, really do.
1: Most people give it like a, at least a nine. I feel just from the prestige that I've as an anime fan, I know Monster has. It's one of those like if you'd slap a ten out of ten, no one would be mad about it.
0: Yeah, I just have to be more. My ten out of tens are almost like I am biased. Like I will give like sort of the Stranger a ten out of ten because it has to do with samurais and honor and code. But is that truly well written compared to like let's say certain movies like Princess Mononoke or something like that, which I gave less than a ten out of ten. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I get you. At this point, I have to start giving ten out of tens only for the ones that truly, hundred percent never got bored with. While this, I did at some points, and um, it's unfortunate, but it was well worth it, and definitely no short of a miracle of a amazing show. So
1: I think it's one of those things that, like, your boredom on a rewatch now that you know what's gonna happen and you know how everything, all the puzzle pieces fit. I think I feel like yeah. if you ever get around to rewatching it, it, that 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 boredom will like fade away. You know what I mean? It's like me watching Ava and being like, why are they in the elevator so long on my first rewatch? And on my second one being like, <gasps> I get it. I get it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there's
0: just a lot of moments I want to mention. And, and the antagonist in the show is just amazing. And there's so many twists and turns. And a couple times they did those like things where a shot would go off. And then they cut the camera so you think, oh, did they die? And I know you hate that type of stuff. But it worked well in this kind of psychological thriller, well. you know, crime one. I just one, didn't so. like when 86 did it.
1: <laughs> That's really what it is. <laughs> yeah, we, you know,
0: we just, we don't like it. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> so anyway, th- that was my experience. I-, I really went, like, really downhill. I wanted to grind it out, and I did that and finished that, and Akira, even though I've already watched it. And I was just hit with, like, all the feels, you know what I mean? Oh, I bet. So, yeah, that ending uh, of
1: Akira is, uh, it's uh, visceral. Like, it's intense, it's something. you know? Yeah, it's... Uh, it's something. Um. Damn. Well, dude, good for you, man. I'm glad you did something worth talking about. Yeah, <laughs> I mean,
0: now it's 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 time for Jedi Survivors out. I haven't gotten to play it since I got out of work just before this recording. So as soon as I'm done here, I'm playing that. So I'm going from all those emotions to now, like, I'm just excited. So
1: a lot of emotions today. I just learned, like... Within the past six months, that that is actually the kid from Shameless. Like I thought, yes, it, it is, just yeah. looked like him. I didn't know it was actually him.
0: Yeah, you play as Cal Kestis, which is actually a pretty pretty cool character, and they have great side characters. It's all around good show. I mean, good I, game.
1: Yeah, well, you know what? If with the narrative, it might as well be a show. Yep. There, there, you go. <laughs> cool, man. Cool. So, have you done anything uh, important? Because you just said I did no. some amazing I...
0: things. I'm guessing you've just been chilling.
1: Yeah, pretty much, man. I've just been kind of a multiplayer game mood, so um, I guess I've been playing. uh, It was free on Epic Games. I don't know if it still is, but uh, it's a game called Mordhow. Um, M-A... I don't even remember how to spell it. It's spelled really weird. Either way, it's like a medieval... uh, It's a medieval war simulator, essentially, but not in the way of, like, uh, total war. It's, It's like you are an actual guy fighting in the war. So you just... You have, like, a certain amount of skill points for every character you want to make, and they have a bunch of pre-built characters, too, if you just want to hop in. But you pick weapons, you pick armor, and you go out, and in the game mode that we play, it's, like, uh, it's either teams of 30-something or teams of 64, and that's, like, grand scale. Like, you're fucking doing full-ass objectives, and it's really, I mean, it's I suck at it. So that, like, that definitely hinders my enjoyment. But for the most part, like when I'm doing good, I'm having fun. Well, that's all that important is the fun, right? Yeah, I guess. I mean, I want to have more fun, but I'm just really fucking bad at it. It's um really slow kind of like I don't want to call it Dark Souls like cuz everything nowadays is is if if it's not fucking Sonic the Hedgehog or Mario, it's Dark Souls like I feel like. But it's kind of slow brooding combat where it's like it's not a hack and slash at all. Like your swing takes a fucking two whole ass seconds to get through with a quick weapon. You know, God forbid you have a big ass two handed hammer. Sounds like,
0: like Mountain Blade that they had on Xbox where you can play as a warrior in the in the in the like military or you
1: can play like the leader and just like do the ruling part. That's what it sounds like. Kind of minus the ruling part. And this is at least in my experience, Um, other than like tutorials and like a horde mode, it, even the horde mode, it's it's all online. It's one hundred percent online, from what I can tell. Like this is PVP we're doing. So you're just fighting other people. Yeah, one hundred percent. Everybody I've stabbed. You, I mean, you and, who you stabs and me. Robbie
0: are just crazy, like always wanting to do one v one PVP type of shit. Uh,
1: no, no, I'm not that way. I'm not that way. He drags me into this. I mean, Smash is one thing, but even then, I don't want, I don't, I hate playing Strangers in Smash. I fucking hate it. I get all sweaty, like, legitimately. I I, I
0: noticed. I noticed why.
1: (laughs) Yeah, no, I get legitimately fucking sweaty in, in, when I play Strangers in Smash. It's awful. I hate it. Um, but yeah, this is just, I, he, he, like, he wants to try a bunch of new shit. I never want to try new games. So I was like, fine, I'll give this one a shot because I'm always telling you no and making you play Stellaris again. Um, Yeah, yeah. So I, I mean, it's been, it's been a thing, man. I, I think I would like. I don't know. It's, it's a game where I think I would suck more against bots because I need that like human error. I need someone. I need to come up against someone who sucks as bad as I do to be able to do anything. And I feel like no computer will suck as bad as I do at this game because it's just swing block, swing block. Oh, faint swing. Oh, I fell for it and I tried to block. Now I'm dead. So.
0: Now I'm dead.
1: Yeah, I'm really bad at the game. If you wanna play, uh, if you wanna watch me play like fucking running to my death simulator, let me know. You know, we can get a we can get a game going. Join join my Epic Games friends, and you can you can stab me in the face. It's really easy. I, I don't put on much of a fight. <laughs> Stabby McStab Stab. Yeah, I ain't got shit, bro. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm still plugging away at Digimon slowly but surely. But I don't have any. Once I finish Adventure Two or the something else crazy happens, I'll probably give a Digimon update, but I'll, I'll do everybody a favor and keep quiet about Digimon until I need to.
0: All right, fair enough, fair enough.
1: All right, uh, so I guess, uh, unless we got anything else, it's time to go back. Well, no, actually, we're going to the far future of 2019. <laughs> yeah, we're going back to the time
0: of Akira. Stay tuned. Obviously, there's going to be spoilers ahead. You've been warned for the second time Um, for this movie, May. I also want to make it known probably by the end of this episode, after we've talked about uh, Akira and stuff, we'll probably announce the next show we're considering for watching for the next week. We did that last time, and it kind of gets people anticipating, or if they want to watch it and then be able to listen to us afterwards, I feel like that'll really help. Akira was a good starting point because, like, it's Akira. I mean, if you haven't watched it, I'm sorry. You should. It's really accessible, and it's
1: fucking legendary, and even if you hate old animation, go watch this, and I promise you, you'll have some sort of respect for it. I've seen it happen. I've seen it work. All right, so one thing I want to come out here and say is that what
0: I'm glad about this rewatch is I did watch the sub, because when I went to Hulu, it remembered what I watched, and it was the sub— and okay. I was like, you know what? I, I forgot to click the dub. I think when I first watched Akira, I was like, I got to be that 100% like, I'm all weeb. I only watch sub, not dub. So I decided I'm going to watch the dub. And maybe that would actually help me because sometimes you're reading the text so fast. And then if things are going on, you kind of miss something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That did so the exact I went same with thing. the
0: dub. And I think that improved my experience for two reasons. One. John uh Jung-young John Bosch or whatever who does Vash the Stampede is the main character for Akanida, and I love it.
1: Oh no shit. I'm so bad at voice actors um and he, I can, he's, he's done doing so like things.
0: everything that I enjoy and it's kind of crazy but I'm like oh my god this makes it so much better.
1: And he was then, the, yeah, uh, this was the Black Power Ranger too. Y- yes, yes. In the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. I uh, maybe the <laughs> series but definitely the movie. Yeah, he's done a couple of the the
0: uh, Power Ranger stuff and uh, of course he's playing Vash, and he plays some other characters, and like he's in Dara I just forgot what character he plays, and a lot of the shows I've watched, so I just have a connection to him, kind of like Carl from Strictly Series. I know he loves him as well, uh, and that sucks that I butcher his name every time. Um, but I did. Other than that, it's just that was one thing, and then the second was is because I didn't have to read everything. It's yeah. like I kind of got more of the information actually easier in my brain, even though it's not the most plot driven. It just all kind of like. Uh, hit me better maybe because i've just watched so much anime now after getting this a second rewatch but uh it just was an overall better experience
1: yeah i i i had the initial experience that you did i just saw it i I clicked sub when i looked up and i started watching it and as i'm watching it i kind of realized what you had thought like oh man um i'm kind of missing a lot but i instead like i know this is my fourth time watching akira I know as much as I'm going to get from the story for the most part. So there were times where I just wasn't reading the subtitles and I was just like, Whoa, look at that background. <laughs> look at that background. So many yes, frames. The next time I watch Akira and I'll probably drag somebody along with me. So that's another reason too, but I'll probably watch it dubbed just so I can really appreciate all of the visuals. Cause that's really mm. where this, this story shines. Um, in its visuals. Uh so Akira was made in 1988. It was an anime movie that was pro- what the fuck um I will. you know what? I knew the guy's name and now that I'm trying to say it to everybody, I cannot remember it. So we're going to pull up the wiki real quick. Katsuhiro Otomo-, Otomo. Damn. I even got his name and then I butcher it. I'm You know what? You heard it, I said it. Um yeah, so it is an adaptation of a manga by the same guy, but it's a weird adaptation. So they approached him to start production of this movie before the manga was completed. So he was both simultaneously working on the manga and the anime at the same time. So what he did for the anime is took uh, pretty much like the first half chapter, chapter maybe, of the first volume, or maybe like the first half of the first volume. It's not a lot. Like just a chunk of the first part of the story and the ending story and just fucking cut everything out in the middle and stitched it all together and somehow created a a usable, workable narrative through that. Uh, But it is a six-volume, seven-volume manga uh, that is available at your local Newberry Comics, at least for me. I don't know. I'm sure whatever manga store is out there, sells You know, what makes me think is that if this was
0: made nowadays, it probably would have been split. Of course, it was because the manga was just getting made, but I'm sure they would split it into like two movies, like not make a series, obviously. It's not long enough, but two movies of like two hours probably would have done this so much justice to get more of the details out. But like you said, it's amazing that they were able to make this cohesive enough and actually a well-established story just by taking the first half like beginning a little bit and the ending and then just going yep that's it put them together
1: Yep, yeah. and that's why like there's so many things that are in akira when you watch it that just kind of are implied and you're like well what the hell's the deal with the the grandma yelling with the with the, you know the religious cult behind her
0: yeah the- see i didn't know how serious that probably was but important but i'm guessing it's very important in the manga
1: a borderline main character Uh, the fucking that that cult leader is like a borderline main character i think they have like an entire volume dedicated to like their side of the story type deal i have i have not read akira i want to it is on the bucket list of like manga that i want to read so this is all like information that i've gathered through like you know youtube videos and reading articles and bullshit like that but Mm -hmm. yeah so it's just it's it's wild man um and it's funny that you mention that you don't know if it would work as a series, because there it has been a lot of talk recently. I don't know if there has been a studio assigned yet or what the real details are, but there's been a lot of talk and rumors about an Akira series that is going to come out that is going to be the full adaptation of the manga. Which Really? Yeah, I was going to say wait until the end to get into that, but we're here, we're on the doorstep. How do you feel about that? Like, If they do this, are you optimistic and will you watch it?
0: um well i kind of have to now because if dan's listening you know he would know that i was kind of making sure i got to defend the whole idea of like i don't want us to gatekeep because of originals being so good because uh, you know trigun episode a lot of people weren't happy with the new trigun and i understand that so i i gotta say i'd be very open-minded to it i'm optimistic we always talk about like you hawk show getting a new adaptation uh, adaption now and Akira, though, it is so special in our hearts and it, it broke so many records and it used so many frames and it's great. I do want to know like the full story and maybe it even feel more well thought out, even though I like this. Maybe I do want to actually get the whole plot of it and kind of understand everything more and really get Akira. Even though I know what Akira technically is, it was still so much thrown at you in like those last 30 minutes. That you truly don't know if you really did understand at all. So the series would probably do a better job of it. So I'm here for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm right there with you. I'm super optimistic, and uh, if they have the right people working on it, and they take their time and like make it a, make it a real piece of art, then I don't see why it would be bad. I, you know?
0: I do have to. Be honest that i hope sure. they don't try to do like Trigun stampede and try to make it all cg i think and i don't think they will to still be yeah because i think it still needs to be 2d so
1: yeah it's akira it's it is a masterwork of cell shaded animation and no i don't think they have to necessarily go back to cell shaded to do a no, new akira no. but i do think that they have to keep the cgi specifically to a minimum and only really use it it can't be the centerpiece. Maybe, you know what you I know, mean?
0: If it's on the bikes, because the bike has to like defy physics and ride up fucking roads and go up sidewalls and caved in areas like they, you know, at the ending battle of Kaneda and, and Tetsuo. That I'm totally fine with the BCGI because it does help out with, you know, making things fluid enough to drive on certain things. But if you're making the characters CGI and you're making like everything in the background CGI, it's just not going to work for me. You know what I'm yeah. saying?
1: Yeah. Like I, I'm not trying to hate on Trigun, but I think everybody can agree that the, the level of legacy between Trigun and Akira, there's just, Akira is just so much higher. And that's not to say that Trigun's bad or has no legacy. That's just because Akira is on this pinnacle of mm-hmm. anime. Like, it's it's like if Mount Rushmore of anime, Akira has to be on there. And I don't care who wants to argue. It has to be. <laughs> but I just think, like, so just talking about the series real quick, Um, I, I think it would be interesting because I see because the the this movie was such a a lightning in the bottle thing where it's like we have to do this we have to do this now like we're giving you the option to like make this badass anime full length feature film and do you want to do it or not and Otomo was like of course yeah we're going to do it cuz I don't know when I'll get this opportunity again and they get he got to, to do it his way but it almost became like like it's obviously they're both Akira and they both tackle like the same characters and stuff but it's almost like an alternate universe type thing where it's like there's just there's so much more and yeah, it's going to pretty much end the same way, but it's like with the movie, we have to read so much into these characters that I would love to be able to see it animated. Like what, what the actual story of Akira is and, and who Kaneda and Tetsuo actually are instead of this just quick glimpse. And we're really left to assume a lot for ourselves, you know?
0: Yeah. Cause my, my whole thing, um, and it seems like you have a little bit more knowledge on some of these reasons. So was there a reason why they wanted to make the film before the manga was finished? Was it like already so popular with like the first three volumes or something that they're like, we have to make this immediately. Cause not that normally doesn't happen. It takes a little while before films are being made, especially yeah. when a manga only has seven volumes total. So was it more of just like, they're like, man, this is so good. You have to make it. Was there any special I- reason why?
1: I really no, I don't know for sure that there's any like one reason. I just think it was a perfect storm. I think it was the manga was popular. I feel like Otomo probably knew somebody in the anime industry or knew or was getting into the anime industry, and this was before like the the really all the standards of anime were so in place. I mean, we now we just expect you know your manga is going to pop off in Shonen Jump, it's going to sell a million copies other thing kicks in, you know, you're gonna have to wait until the fucking manga picks up a little bit. So it's like every year we're getting like a new, that's all set in stone. Now we pretty much know how that shit goes, but this was back in kind of a more wild West time for anime where it's like, this is a new kind of budding industry. It was during this economic boom or perhaps right at the end of the economic boom of the eighties. I'm not an economics major, but I just think it was a perfect storm where it's like, Hey, we, we kind of got to do this now. Like I don't know that by the time he finished the manga if this opportunity would have present would have been available and presented itself again. So I think it yeah. was him kind of having to compromise in certain ways and that's like we can talk about how, you know, limitations breed just creativeness out the ass cuz being limited to tell your story without it being technically finished or being able to put all of the details in, you have to get so creative in the way you tell your story and it becomes of just visual masterpiece like the st- visual storytelling in this is off the fucking charts
0: yeah and you know me i'm a sucker for visual storytelling um when it comes to more explaining because sometimes i, I don't want to be explained i just want to take it all in and you just touched on like i want to have the series so i can have more of that connection between kaneda and tetsuo and stuff like that and i have to say that that's one of the biggest things for me i want to see because I feel the dynamic between them two, and it's obviously a big part of this whole entire show. Um, But there's just something missing there, I could always tell, because it's not like it felt rushed, but Tetsuo is, in a way, I almost don't blame Tetsuo for reacting the way he was throughout the entire film. If you look at most of the approaches every character made towards him while he's going through these, like, um, um, psychic episodes and his brain, I, I, I bet it like felt like having the worst migraine on earth that you can't even comprehend. Right. And you got your first time that oh, you're yeah. finally, you know, starting to feel a little bit better. You know, you didn't ask for this to happen and you got these teddy bears and shit like that invading your mind. Cause these psychic kids are trying to essentially scare you into like, I don't know. Not being around because you're a danger because they can feel your energy. Well, well, he doesn't know that. You know what I'm saying? So, from the movie's perspective, I'm like, this kid's just waking up in a hospital bed and getting basically
1: mentally attacked. You yeah, know, I do I love that. You I, got I know that I'm getting ahead from- of myself,
0: but we all know the movie. We're kind no. of just talking about you know topics and and yeah, shit like that.
1: We're gonna go real. We're gonna go real broad. Uh, we're probably we're not gonna break down like events in order or anything. It's just gonna be characters, themes, event. You know, certain events that we want to yeah. talk about. But so, we're gonna so be all let, over let, the place. So
0: remember that, right? He just he comes. He's getting attacked by the psychic kids. He has to fight them off. In the middle of all this, all of a sudden, Connie does shows up with uh, Kai. And, you know, his uh girlfriend in a way. I'll say that in quotations. And
1: essentially, yeah, I mean, the if first he had his uh, way. Then yeah.
0: Well, then first thing Kaneda says is, all right, we got to get out of here, stupid. And though that doesn't seem like much because we all kind of like make fun of ourselves when we're friends and all that, we give each other insults a little bit. Tetsu is very vulnerable. He's obviously an adolescent kid that's still going through all this, and he has a surge of power. And literally someone that's always rescued him is coming in there acting all big and brody already. I, I Once again, I get why he's just reacting like, you know, get the hell out of here. I don't need you. So a lot of things is yeah. like, I'm not saying are justified, but I totally understood where Tetsuo was coming from. We all want to, like, if we finally had that power to let that rage out, like, would we not do the same thing?
1: I think you're reading it exactly how it was meant to be read. You're, you're, you're getting what was trying to be portrayed in this anime. I mean, Tetsuo, he's just a kid who's never had any sort of power. And I think to an extent, most of us can can relate to that, you know? We've all been in a situation where we felt powerless for one reason or another, and it sucks. It sucks when no one takes you seriously and everybody's like, he's just a fucking kid, who cares? We'll just walk all over him. And now this is, like you said, what happens when you give somebody with those feelings the power to be God, and it never goes well. Like, um, a while back, I don't remember what episode number, but we did a... uh like a game show thing and we did like poorly explained anime plots. And for this one, it's like, you know, pissed off teenager gets given the powers of God. And it's like, well, yeah, that could also be a couple. Of I, anime, I was like Akira. It's definitely Akira too. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking also Mirai Nikki and uh, death note. Yeah. But um, yeah. And it's just like, and that's what Kay means when she's like speaking about Akira to Kaneda when they're in the jail. And she says, what happens when you give an amoeba the power of a human? They will just consume. Well, what happens when you give a human the power of God? It won't go good because a human is not—we we aren't ready for that. We haven't evolved to that point where we are ready for the power to literally we're not able control. To
0: sustain that amount of like energy and power.
1: No, no, we're not ready to control the universe to our whim, and that's essentially what the psychic power is in most media, but especially in Akira, it's just bending, bending physics to your will, controlling the universe, having ultimate control of everything, that it's the power of God. If Tetsuo was given enough time, I'm sure he could find a way to fucking create life, but that's not what the story is about. More about destruction, because like you said, he's a fucked up kid, and like his dynamic with Kaneda is... It's not great, but it it could be definitely read as just like a normal little brother, big brother type thing, kind of. Yeah, kinda they're in like a gang, but you can Tetsuo. tell that Canada has been there
0: since the beginning when they are all in the adoption, um, like, uh, yeah, the adoption like place or whatever. I think they were in a home all together, a foster home, orphanage, yeah. But you you could tell that they are pretty much yeah brothers, like you would say. But for some reason, with a little bit of power, everything like changes. And that little kid that you took care of finally has a little bit of power. And it's like he turns into something that you just didn't think would happen. But what I found crazy, and I don't know if that's the pacing of the movie. And like you said, they had to just smash it together. But I like the fact that no matter what... Kaneda did not get upset. He did not really get emotional and say, this can't be possible. He doesn't get down. He just looks at it, bites, you know, know, grits his teeth and goes, well, if anyone's going to kill him, I'm going to do it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And I just like it because it's like, no, I got to be the one. He's not allowed to just do this. This is crazy. He's gone mad. And it's like, normally we have to sit there and ponder and go, why, why him? And do the anime type of thing. And this is more of like, buckle down and let's get it done. And I don't know if it's because it's movie format, but
1: I really like that. I don't know about you. No, I think it's just made so outside of tropes. It's so made so outside of these anime tropes, you know? It's not, uh, it's not beholden to trying to sell a bunch or anything. It's just they were trying to make not an anime movie, but an animated film just a film made using the medium of animation and this is what we got i mean it's just akira is one of those things that you could show to to your fucking dad and your dad might be like wow that's a really cool fucking thing you know your dad might already think akira is really cool so kind of not having to go through like the naruto takno jutsu and not having the giant internal monologue one, I think it has a lot to do with we don't have the time for that because i got to get this fucking six-of-all-you manga done in two hours, and and it wasn't like going well. This last thing that sold really good did this, so I'm going to follow in that footstep.
0: Right. Okay, well, here's another thing that I wanted to touch on a little bit, Um, and this is something because we're doing a lot of comparisons now with the manga and the movie. Uh, but it helps me on explaining why certain characters probably didn't have a big part, but probably would have hit even more. But it still hit, so it just shows how good the movie did. But uh, Tetsuo's uh, lady friend, um, I forgot her name. So that, that's thats bad on my end to forget her name. Uh, it's Tetsuo's friend. I don't know who that was, but the fact... Oh, Kaori. That, what was her name? Kaori. Kaori. See, everyone's got like a K in it, and that's why I'm probably forgetting. There's a lot of K names. There's a lot. <laughs> it feels like it. But yeah, it's just she was like the one person that always would be kind to Tetsuo and always there. And it's very short because like the little gang stuff that happens is only like 30 minutes, 40 minutes of the movie. And Tetsuo is not the main focus at the beginning the whole time. But it shows that she's the only one that kind of was there for him. And you can tell he cares for her. And then you see her again when he comes out of the hospital just to like the first person, you know, he runs to is her. And then for it to go the way it does at the end of the show or the movie, like, it does hit me. I mean, it's not the the biggest thing I've ever had emotionally-wise, but that was just that little bit of scene time I've seen with it. And, you know, she's so innocent. And for her to go out the way she did in the big blob, it, it's, it's really compelling and sad.
1: Oh, it's legitimately heartbreaking because at that point, Tetsuo wasn't... I mean, I think it's more heartbreaking because at that point, he wasn't, like, evil psychic kid he was being taken over and at that like he was begging he was like kauri please like save me somebody save me and asking Connie to save her and he's like he can't do anything you know yeah he didn't mean like he'd caused so much destruction and hurt so many people and he meant to do a lot of it this is not one of those things this is him feeling remorseful and it's that like it's sad it's sad because you're like you were you were such a bad guy but now it's like you so i mean pathetic kind of i think that's an appropriate word to you is at that point you know tetsuo was just a emotionally a pathetic blob and physically a amorphous blob (laughs) yeah and i mean we're
0: we're talking about more of like the ending and all the psychic and the blobs and god's powers and I also want to talk about the dynamic of switching from what starts out like one of those typical like biker gang type of Tron with like the lights when they move around, like it goes zoo zoo, you know, all across Mm. the city and the lights are showing and the real spectacle that it was, it's truly goes from that and an uh, apocalyptic world where, you know, in 1989 an explosion went off and they called it Akira or something like that. And then now it's 2019 and, you know, things are still not going well. They obviously have bad points of the city and everything's just, just not running smoothly. And then it somehow dives deeper into a, a psychological, psychic nightmare. It, it's just crazy that it goes from that. So what would you say is why you love Akira the most in, when it comes to this film?
1: Oh, man. Um, <laughs> what? Is, it, is it the dark imagery or is it, you know, what is it? Like, uh, it just so are you talking strictly visually or are you talking about everything?
0: I mean, whatever hits you the most, all I'm saying is that when I think more of the dynamic from what it starts to how it ends, I think going through that roller coaster is actually what makes me still enjoy it, even though it doesn't have the biggest plot. It doesn't have the most interesting characters because they don't have a lot of time on screen except for the main one. So I'm saying that whole dynamic change is what really keeps me grounded to the whole film. So what would you say is what makes you like it so much, you know?
1: Oh man, Um, I I really, so first of all, I agree with you that the fact that it goes from like this pretty mundane like story where there's some cryptic shit to all of a sudden there's a psychic kid ruining Neo Tokyo, (laughs) that is fantastic, it's zero to a hundred real quick. Um, My favorite thing, if I had to pick one thing about Akira, it's the aesthetic, Akira is vibes. Like, Akira is a beautiful piece of art and animation, and it's a great story for, for what it had to do, but at the end of the day, it's kind of like Evangelion, man. It's the vibes you get from watching this shit. It's sitting there yeah. and watching, and just, like, it's everything. It's that, like you mentioned, that kind of dark aesthetic where it's it's grimy, and the, the all the lights are neon lights, but everything else are these disgusting it's like cyberpunk and i love it so much it's, you know so, that. it is 100 cyberpunk and i love i love the cyberpunkness about it and the backdrop of this post-capitalism hellscape that all these people are living in where it's just you know you hear it on you hear it on the news about riots and union riots and then you see like the graffiti on the wall says like you know stop the fucking workers union you know, bust the union heads or whatever. And it's like, Jesus, it's so baked into Akira. It doesn't even have to be like brought to the forefront because we've, you know, and this was a, a a a criticism that Sky brought up when we reviewed it on, on Talking Anime. And it's a fair criticism, but he he mentioned like, there's not a lot explained. You know, I don't really, yeah, I, I get that there's like a riot and stuff, but I'd like to know more about why. But when you really look at the and this is what I mean by visual storytelling and just little stuff like when you look at the graffiti and you you can really piece together like exactly why that there's a riot like it's because there were um, tax reforms and I'm assuming it fucked over the uh, the little guy the worker the average everyday man in favor of the rich people such as the guy who died of corporations the like attack. every
0: cyberpunk thing you know.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's like, that's all baked into Akira and it's not even a forefront of the movie. I think it's touched on way more in the manga, but in the movie, it's just part of the setting and it's done so fucking well that for at least someone, at least me, I can't speak for everybody, but for me, I don't need anymore because I already 100% understand what is going on. And that is just the vibe and the aesthetic and just every little detail, you know, fucking what is in the frame doing some goddamn storytelling, man. That's some cinema shit.
0: No, I, I, I agree with that um, so much because uh, I think my argument was when we first did that is, and I've always made that going forward with our movie reviews, is that I understand movies can never get the full plot down. So it's harder to really tell, especially a story that was made to be longer. Doing what they did is almost like an achievement in itself. And I think you see how the world is working and how, like, you were just talking about how, like, people got screwed. It's only the corporations. Because if you look at certain departments and certain districts within the city, the one that Kaneda and his friends are literally held almost like a jail, but it's not. They're all, like, in an office setting with individual rooms, and they're just being, like, uh, interrogated by a bunch of just They're they're policemen, but they look like off duty policemen. Like most of them are the same age as Kaneda, because he says, "Hey, old man." He's like, "Hey, I'm 25. I'm like the same age as you." It's just like everyone's just trying to get by, and they have a half assed like police force. It's everything is just not you see that nowadays, and it's like that's just crazy. Like everyone's lined up in these little like areas in the office area, just waiting to get interrogated. But there's no jail cell. There's no organized like. I don't know. There's no organized. No, uh, oh, you had the one uh, guy running with the fucking grenade,
1: system, really. and like the yeah, the, was the guy a that dud, pulled the
0: grenade but... in there, and then it's a done they're
1: all beating the shit out of him. Like, get him back in the room. <laughs> yeah, and it's like you might not know exactly who that guy is fighting for or whatever, but it's it's he's there to show that like revolutionary action is alive and well in Neo Tokyo right now, and that people are willing to. Sacrifice themselves to blow up a police station, because, like you just said, everything is so fucked, and nobody feels like anybody's out for them, you know,
0: yeah, and then we talked about the elder lady, you know, who's basically like there's now a cult following of this Akira, you know, after the big explosion that happened, you how do you not have another God or some kind of belief that it's gonna come back like hell is reckoning or whatever you know, like they do for like the Christian religions and stuff like that once again. I may have wanted to know a little bit more detail about it, but I got that. I already understood that there's a cult following that this is going to happen in a apocalyptic world, and you're going to have the the leader that's making chants and stuff like that. It just it all is able to fit in a very short amount of time, and it's like you said, it's showing. But I got all of that, and that's
1: maybe even the dub helped me. And like it makes again, this is my fourth watch of Akira, so I've gotten to review it a lot. But you know, I I get it. I get why why grandma fucking Akira is so up in arms and, like, why people would be drawn to a, a religion, a cult, whatever you want to call it like that, because, like, there are, I, I do believe that there's, like, we all came from space dust and we were all amoebas at some point or, like, tiny little one-celled organisms and then we grew a little bit and then billions of years later, here we are, I'm making a podcast about a fucking sh- a cartoon, you know? And that blows <laughs> my fucking mind. And, yeah, it's, like, the idea that we might have some like universal power inside of us because we all kind of come from the same thing. We all have the same origin that we can tap into. That is such a cool thing. And not even just vulnerable people, but like anybody who's just like, I want to find something of faith, but perhaps organized religion. Is not for me? And this is just like more spiritualism kind of other than the cultish practices and the chanting in the streets, but it, I mean, it's just like we're all one. We're all part of the universe, and it's all connected in some way. We've all heard a pot and guy at a party tell us that exact thing. Well, you know, if you're a lady, he's probably trying to hit on you, and if you're a dude, he's probably trying to bum 10 bucks off of you. But we've heard him say <laughs> that. Hard and, to take you know, a smoke. And it might have sounded appealing at one point, but it's just, it's very cool. And like you said, it's, it's there. And it, he found a way to bake it into the story and have it be... It's like it's right in front of our eyes, and on the first watch, you can completely miss it, but at, at subsequent watches, you're like, oh my god, you told us everything that you took probably a volume of manga to tell us in, like, fucking, I don't know, 100 frames. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: Um, so another thing, because I got, like, two big things. I don't no, have that's too cool. much more I have to talk about, but I have two big things, especially the ending I want to touch on, because... Even though I've watched it, I still like to ask you questions to see if you got a better idea of how that went okay. but before I'm, I'm that here. one. I want to talk about the old children. We all know they're children, but they've yes. aged rapidly because of their psychic powers, right? I it's um, I, I think or it's, is it it's because weird. it seems like because of all the testing they did on them, hence why Tetsuo is like, I'm not going to be like you lab rats and do all yeah. that stuff. So, which once yeah. again, I get so.
1: Obviously, they they know Akira. They knew Akira, and I think they were all part of the same group of children that were brought in with Akira. Akira just ended up being the most talented child in being able to harness this number twenty eight. Yeah, so I, it's weird because they are both because Akira blew up in eighty eight, the year that this came out. So very cool, very very neat. Um but so they knew him then they were alive then but then 30 years later they're still children but they're also very wrinkly and old so i think the psychic powers allow them to stay children but yeah the testing probably like does something makes that must be what makes them blue i do this is definitely one of those things that has to be explored in the manga cuz it's like it's right there and this is right. the thing that and I can't my whole really thing read. about it,
0: we we see Tetsuo, you know, killing people and just stopping anyone that tries to get in his way, even his own like gang members at one point, which was like horrible in itself. But yeah, that bar my, my scene thing, was
1: awesome, though. Holy fuck,
0: it was awesome. I will say that. But what what my thing is is that these 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 children are basically trying to you know do the right thing and saying no, we have to work with the government because there's no other way. This is the way we have to like. I don't know work together, but from what my angle and of course, watching the general dude and the film and all that, I still didn't come away thinking, Oh yeah, the government knows what to do because obviously they didn't. And the scientist in the film didn't, he let it get to a point where Tetsuo was way beyond like saving because of the psychic output. So in my, in my idea is like, why did these, these children truly believe doing the right thing by essentially attacking Tetsuo from the beginning I don't know if there's something in the manga that would explain why they had to do it, but just nothing seemed to make sense. That's the only thing in this so, sh- this movie that didn't make sense, you know?
1: And th- this might be reading too far into it. Here we go, me over-criticizing things. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, all right, hear me out. This is very much visual storytelling. But remember when they initially had the tiny toys walk up to Tetsuo? And Tetsuo yes, decides to— Yes, okay, I was to, thinking this, too. He decides to grasp them violently. And he grabs them instead of touching them or putting a finger out. or like I I see it as like a little animal. If you have a tiny animal, you're supposed to kind of coax it onto your hand instead of just grabbing it. That'll scare it. So I'm reading it as because Tetsuo chose a violent interaction, they immediately, because this girl has a lot of foresight, and she's already seen the future. So she can probably look and tell, like, there's like a ninety-nine percent chance this kid's gonna turn into an evil dude who's gonna go blow up the city. But I like to think that that moment was her them giving him the benefit of the doubt. You know what I mean? So now I was thinking that too because in my head
0: I was like, all right, he did grab at them instead of to. But also in in his defense, if I'm seeing little stuffed animals in front of me, I don't think they're real. So I am gonna grab it to see if it's real. I don't poke at it. I I don't know. It's just, it didn't seem that aggressive. It seemed more of like he was dazed and he grabbed it though. What you're saying is she did have foresight. I know that the, uh, the, uh, female, um, child and all that stuff who was able to go through and speak through Kai and all that stuff as well. She definitely had this no, no with all to just know ahead and everything like that. So I totally understand that could be it. I just was like, the approach was wrong and I, I, it's like, you know, sometimes it's hard to say, yeah, we work for the government and it's the right thing to do. Cause you know, speaking to you, you, you're not a big fan of always following the government.
1: So it depends on what the government is for sure. This government where it's like capitalist and military like that, I'm not super <laughs> it's like everything for you're against, but I do. So yeah, you kind of brought it up a couple of times how nobody is kind of the right. Nobody's the good guy. Like, no, and no I love not. that like and you mentioned so the scientist like he's he's an example of scientific hubris to where if they i mean it, if they would have killed Tetsuo when he started to show signs of akira levels this would have all been avoided so that to be fair like that would have saved a lot of lives so like the scientist is not a good guy but the military guy is also trying to harness this power Seemingly to understand it for military purposes, like maybe. But he did more... tell the scientists, "Hey, if if it gets too bad, we need to stop this immediately." True. The scientists never told him. True, but you got to think also, like this is more kind of politics stuff. But there's one guy in like the council that's like, we should have added the money to welfare, and like that would have, that's something that would like help common people. And this guy's like trying to keep all the money for military research, and it's yeah, you're probably he it. There is like a point to where he's right because the the power of Akira is super dangerous. But he's also the guy like paying the scientists to continue to do these experiments on Akira like kids instead of shutting down the entire program and just leaving it alone. He's playing that fine line of I'll shut this down immediately if I have to. But we're still going to see how close we can get to the apocalypse. But so he doesn't come off as a good guy.
0: The other thing that's crazy is, like, it's a little subtle thing, but did you notice, like, when, the you know, the, uh, the female child one that sits in her, like, little crib, because maybe she's exhausted, maybe she's definitely the oldest of the group, but she's sitting there, and she's having this foresight and this dream of Tetsuo, and the general walks up to her and holds her hand, and almost like a father to a daughter, not saying yes. that that is his daughter, but you could see kind of, for once, a little humanity in him. Yeah, and he's capable of love. it's a very subtle love. show but not tell. So you can also be like, well,
1: he's not the worst guy, <laughs> you know? Exactly. It's what you don't get with like, a Gendo Ikari. Like, you've seen that he's capable of love. And, I mean, like...
0: yeah, she even saves him at the end of the film, probably because she knows that he cared for her so much. So it's like, is he a bad guy? Yeah. Is he not the worst guy? <laughs> so... Yeah.
1: And I guess you do get that a little bit with Gendo. Just Shinji doesn't. But, um, yeah. He just doesn't yeah.
0: get the reciprocation. <laughs>
1: He's, uh, he's definitely, there's humanity in him and, like, there's a, he, at least he believes that he's doing the right thing, you know? Nobody, while nobody is a good guy in this, I don't think anybody's comically evil, because we, let's talk about the, uh, the guy kind of funding, uh, Kay and Rio's rebellion, the capitalist guy who also has a seat on, like, the upper council of the government. Yeah. He, obviously, like, I, he's a fucking, a rich, fat cat billionaire type, who's just an awful piece of shit in most ways, but he's also, for whatever reason, even if it's selfish, he's funding a rebellion against a corrupt government that's trying to, like, create godlike superweapons But he's not or really the best type of person no. either, and that's the crazy thing. Exactly. It's it's all this gray area, and it, it's like Akira never wants to delve into good or bad. It's just telling a story and exploring how humans are in certain ways. You know, like we talked about Tetsuo earlier. Getting power and becoming a menace and of wanting to save his friend, but still not having a way to like connect with him and being able to truly figure out what's wrong. And by the time he can, it's too late. And then all these bad guys having humanity and all the good guys being kind of bad. It's just a story about this movie just seems shit, more, and more like
0: a true neutrals perspective of everyone
1: in this type of world. And I love it. Yeah, for the most part, man. I mean, there there's definitely things that are trying to be said, and I think it says a lot about politics and stuff, but it also isn't willing to shy away from the nuance of, you know, not everybody who's fighting for the common man is necessarily a good guy, and not maybe not everybody yeah. who might not be but, is like a completely evil but like piece Well, like you of said, shit. this guy's rising
0: up against the government, and the government's of course fighting back, but you look at it as in a true neutral, because like you said, they both have their flaws, obviously- and then the people involved in it also have flaws, obviously. And you also have Kaneda, who's basically just a leader of a gang. He's not the most perfect guy in the world, and he ends up almost, in a way, saving the day. It's just so much neutral of, like, you can't judge a book by its cover type
1: of shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, there's definitely a lot of that. There's... um. Yeah, I just think Akira's cool, man. I think it's saying a lot of cool stuff. <laughs> I just think Akira's cool. <laughs> I do, I do, because there's so many, with with it being such a such a show-don't-tell thing by necessity, there's so much that we, as the viewer, have to read into Akira and kind of make up for our own, and there's somebody out there watching who thinks that the military guy was right, and there's another person who thinks that the scientist was right, and there's also people out there who think that they're Akira, don't be that person. You can be the other two people, that's fine. Don't be the person who thinks <laughs> they're Akira. Don't be Akira. I've heard about I've I've never met a person like that, but I've heard about a person like that who was a you real have? fucking person. Yeah, I'll tell you after the podcast. Um, but yeah, this person is just like okay. I am Akira, and like uses their fucking uh, makes like Akira their like user tag on stuff and it, it it's like a god complex type thing. And it's like, "Nah, dude, you did I not I am Tetsuo." Yeah, the one thing that I can definitely say for sure that akira was trying to say is that power at some point corrupts unless you have prepared and are ready for it you know and like that's you know if you're you're not ready to be god tetsuo wasn't akira wasn't neither are you random person well so this will
0: lead me to like the big ending of this show because we've actually done a really good job of kind of getting every point in here and yeah this not small bad not bad time but uh this whole thing with Akira and, of course, Tetsuo, you know, constantly using his powers and it becoming too unstable for him to control. Yeah. Um. Which also, I have to say, the scene of it being done in the stadium and the detail when, like, Ugh. I don't know who it was looking down at the stadium, looking at all the destruction. Prime. Perfect. That, Loved it. Yeah. That so.
1: entire sequence, just from the time you get to the stadium and he's ripping Akira out of the ground to the fucking end is 10 out of 10 gold.
0: Yeah, but my thing with Akira that I'm—I mean, uh, Tetsuo, which it comes to finding Akira and finding out that Akira is basically just parts or little pieces of him that's left. He's basically Uh broken up into little um, pieces in uh, little symbiotic, like, little containers and stuff like that, and making Tetsuo. What essentially caused Akira to come out? Was it because he was asked to by these other kids, like, from this other world he comes from, or is it because— all the containers holding his essence shattered so he awakened I, think... I I may be dumb but i still truly didn't understand how he showed up
1: so it definitely has to do with the with the blue children the psychic children i okay. don't know for sure if his body parts that were left over were necessary or if that was just more of a visual effect to where it's like they're there they explode and then that's kind of metaphorically signifies Akira's coming back, but... Yeah, because technically Akira is supposed to be, like, everything
0: and everywhere, but the fact that he only shows up almost at the same time as everything breaking and stuff like that, I know the kids were almost, in a way, praying to him, but I was, like, wondering if it's, like, was he reacting to their thoughts and prayers and the calling, or was it the fact that, like... Parts of him were like reacting to what's going on with, you know, the psych, the psychic toll and Tetsuo kind of getting everything riled up and the big blob. And it was just such a huge amount of shit going on. And even oh, it was to this lot. moment, I'm like, holy shit, I think I get it. But it's just that thing that goes way over my head.
1: Yeah. So he was definitely summoned by the children because there was a scene right before everything started to really pop off where it got really quiet and you heard the kids talking and they said, Will summon Akira right before something or another. I can't remember the yeah, exact dialogue. Yeah, when Tetsuo was
0: at his peak or something. Yeah, like when that. he
1: when his power gets to its limit or its peak or whatever. So they definitely had a hand in summoning Akira. I don't know. Maybe they had to wait until it was at its peak to actually get enough universal power. We'll call it. To, yeah, maybe to, they to were using the energy Tetsuo was happening because it was a second
0: Akira that was happening, the second explosion. Yeah, that happened 30 years ago, so maybe yeah, you're right. They had to wait for him to be at the point to where like they can almost harness that energy.
1: So yeah, maybe it was just a, a fact that like it wouldn't have because at the so I guess I'm kind of skipping to the final scene and you get the final scene where Tetsuo, you hear his voice and it's a blank white space and it says I am Tetsuo which I'll talk about that in a second, but I don't think maybe it's a a thing that Tetsuo couldn't get to that point where his being continued on until his power reached its peak. So maybe they, to not kill Tetsuo, waited until that moment. So maybe they didn't have to, to summon Akira, but it was more to save Tetsuo's humanity or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And the fact that the children are willing to do that
0: after everything Tetsuo did showed the humility also in all of this and, that he totally, at the end of this, Tetsuo was asking for help. He did regret every decision that happened, and he kind of paid for it with losing his one of his closest friends. And that's where I mean, like, Kaneda was so determined to kill his friend because of all this going down. But when he finally heard his friend saying, you know, Kaneda, help me, and he reached out his hand, you know, Kaneda wanted to be there for him. And that's when he pretty much was getting sucked in with him on this explosion. If it wasn't for the kids, he would have died. But in that moment, he totally forgot everything he was going to be committed to and was going to go help his friend. So all of this is just happening in a very quick instant. And it's all showing, not telling, but you could feel the emotion of just him calling out to Kaneda. And no matter how much he's done wrong and how many people he killed and everything that's already happened to this point, Kaneda still was willing to help his friend.
1: Yeah, I think there's a lot to say for, and again, this might be a weird reading, but I think it says a lot about being honest with the people around you and just like with your friends and stuff, you know, if you're feeling a certain way, talk to them before you are given psychic powers and go on a murderous <laughs> rampage. You know, if you just I just got to let
0: it out at you, I can't come after you, you know, I got to let it out now.
1: Yeah, because there was a kind of moments where I kind of realized where Tetsuo was coming from and understood that he didn't want to be treated like this his little brother and he wanted to feel like he had his own agency but unfortunately those moments came far too late in the process for kaneda to, to be able to really sit down and talk to tetsuo so at that point it was uh i have to kill you my guy because that's the only way to save you because you're it killing was, other people yeah <laughs> until it was tetsuo's power was killing him and then it was like all right now i'm going to save you because you're my friend now you're not the one doing this now i don't have to hurt you to save you from yourself
0: yeah, because there was even a moment before, like I, I'm I'm jumping around, but like before, he was literally like the whole blob came out and all that stuff in the middle of like them trying to shoot each other, and he was using the laser gun that's Kaneda against Tetsuo. Yeah. There's one point where he literally is picking up a rock above Tetsuo because he's about to yes, throw this I fucking rock. I noticed that
1: too. I was like, he's about to kill this guy with a rock. That's his best <laughs> friend. Oh my god. That's
0: what I mean by commitment. He's like, but I got to do this. You're literally trying to kill me. You're killing people with your powers. So when he needed to, he was about to throw a rock, but then an explosion happened and he, and he falls and he's not able to do it. But it's like, if that would have succeeded, he would have killed his own buddy with a fucking rock, bro.
1: Yeah. So like, that's for me, like little details, skull, man, skull concavingness. Like that's a weird, that fucks me up body horror wise. And just the idea of like, cause you know, you're my friend, I think. Damn, could I do that to JD? Oh my god, I would that would fuck me up for life. I would be a fucking noodle for the rest of my life in a rubber room, dude. Yeah, you'd be like the girl in Monster.
0: If you know, you know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm I guess I can't argue with that. I might be worse. Yeah, um, she just goes through trauma after having to kill someone. So Sure, sure. Not good. Not good. Um and yeah, and then the final scene, um, and then we can kind of move on to maybe a couple things before we get out of here, but the final scene I already mentioned it, but it kind of flashes to white, and you have the kind of circle, almost like a, a the start of a light, and you hear Tetsuo. A new go. universe, technically. Yeah, he says, I am Tetsuo, which is a callback to, I don't remember the guy's name because he's some French fucking philosopher, and he's got a name that I don't think about in my everyday life, but it's the old saying, I think, therefore I am. It's a philosophy thing kind of affirming that, If you can think, you are human, and it's been used in a lot of like AI stuff, but that's neither here nor there. But that's a callback. Tetsuo, at that point, he says, "I am Tetsuo." It's it's therefore like he is still around. If he can think, he is still there. Tetsuo is alive and well, whether it be as part of the universe in a brand new universe that is just Tetsuo. I think a lot of that is supposed to be left up to interpretation, and I think that's a lot of the fun of it. 'Cause when
0: the whole explosion's happening in a very slow time and the and the kids are technically saving Kai and Kanida, they, they even explain that it's basically a new big bang, essentially. It's yeah. what caused the universe to begin. It's happening again, which happened thirty years prior. So yeah, it's almost like Tetsuo has become all things like Akira or another universe was created in a different dimension and he is now uh Akira in that location, but is called Tetsuo, you know? There's so much that can be thought of there,
1: and uh, yeah,
0: it's kind of crazy.
1: It is absolutely wonderful, um, and one of my favorite endings of any anime, any, any piece of media ever.
0: Yeah, and I'm pretty sure by the end of it, the first time I watched it, I totally took that as like Tetsuo is gone, but his memory lives on, but now watching it the second time, I'm like, no, like you said, I think he's alive. He's just another type of being or soul or something out there, and he's just alive and in a way found peace. So it's like it's actually technically kind of happy ending for him.
1: It very much is. It's like he reverted back to what every living thing came from is just the essence of the universe. And like we said, whether it's his own universe or he's part of one or something, it it seems very, it seemed very peaceful. You know, he was able because Tetsuo had a problem like with agency and like who he was, and he wanted to be bigger and better than who he was. And for him at the end to just be like, I. I am Tetsuo, and that's the end, and that's it. It's like, oh, man, this has, like, eight meanings. And I love them all. <laughs> all right, Um. so unless there's anything else you wanna, wanted to say, I did want to ask you, what were some of your favorite scenes? Like, just some moments, some scenes that stuck out uh, animation-wise, visually, where you're like, fuck, that's amazing. Uh, It's
0: pretty easy for me, but everything that had to do with the bike racing and the Scenes of them fighting the clown gang at the opening scene and Mm -hmm. and anything to do with the bike. I mean, the bike for Kaneda is iconic. It's even in the live action film of, um, God, I just told you about it not too long ago. Oh, fucking Christ. How come I
1: forgot? Is it? You're not talking about that Spielberg film where all the yeah, stuff. Ready yeah. Player One. Yes. yes. Okay. Yeah, so yeah, yeah.
0: literally, there's a girl that is riding Connie bike, and it's made in CGI, and it's even cooler looking at it CGI because it was so big of a budget. Oh yeah. But what I'm saying is everything to do with like the bike racing is top tier. The bar scene with Tetsuo essentially once Tetsuo gets his powers. And the like, the explosions are going off. Like the amount of effort they put in every explosion. We've talked about it in on talking anime when we did this a long time ago, and I still haven't forgotten. Um, but yeah, everything that was used with Tetsuo's psychic powers and and basically like deflecting rockets and then crumbling cities and crumbling the bridges around him. Like every little detail was not wasted here. I could say that everything was spectacular. I'm just saying those are the key scenes that I really sure.
1: loved. Yeah, I mean, so it's all amazing, but I just wanted to know what stuck out to you. Um, so I know you
0: like the nightmare scenes and all the I dream really do. scenes.
1: Those are your favorites. So. I love dreamscape uh, scenes and stuff. And if, if I, even if I can get my hands on a certain Blu-ray, little spoiler that will be coming up later this month. Some more dreamscapey stuff. But um, yeah, yeah. So. Um, f- one scene that, this is like a very tiny thing, and but it stuck out to me. So it's not the bike slide, but remember when uh, Tetsuo steals Kaneda's bike and he's getting beat up by the clowns and the rest of the gang rolls up on him? When yep. Tetsuo jumps off the back of the bike and continues to run along, and then the bike kind of drives out of frame because it starts to focus on Tetsuo instead. And something about the way that that scene is animated it's so fucking smooth about like there's no wasted movement between tetsuo jumping off a bike and starting his run and i don't know how realistic that is but i don't care it's beautiful and i loved it um one other
0: moment i could think of that probably i've never mentioned but i wanted to give it more credit now that i focused on it um this next watch through is when uh kai and Canada and a couple of the rebels are, like, going underneath the water tunnels to pretty much get into the city center or, like, into the government area. I really want to give props to, like, when they are detected by some of these patrols, these, like, mini flying turret gun things— the way the gun is shooting across the water and hitting some of the the rebels and shooting them down, but like the ricochet of the bullets and then what really happens in movies and you see these big waves as it's moving its way up the water to the said target and how it reacted and the people, you know, taking the shots and all. It was just really well done. Like it just flowed very well, like not only the explosions, but the way they made the the water affected by certain things. Was astounding for 1988. Let's
1: just be honest. Oh yeah, and um, I'm glad you brought that up because it reminds me one thing I gripe about a lot continuously is that um, even though CGI has gotten better and like it's almost unnoticeable in certain parts, when it comes to um like bubbles or like ooze or like kind of I guess bubbles is probably um like the Mugen train, Demon Slayer, how that train got all weird and like demon skin bubbly and stuff. Um, it didn't look good. Yeah but then you you look at akira and the foam like when the fucking capitalist guy overdoses or has a heart attack or whatever the foam coming out of his mouth looks so fucking good all the foam in this and like the the goo and like the body stuff it's that's something that i don't think cgi could ever replace yeah hell yeah um so i got like three more scenes that i just want to bring up real quick <laughs> and then we can they're real quick so first is when Tetsuo is um it's right after the nightmare, like teddy bear scene, and he's getting confronted by the guards, and he just starts blowing people up into fucking bloody husks of what used to be. oh, a human. yeah, like just swipes away and then they're just instant goo. yeah, like my the edgy fucking teenager in me loves that scene. And then, like, I remember watching Elfin lead, and I'm like, holy shit, they just stole this. Uh, they just stole this scene from Akira. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so that scene. <laughs> The scene where Tetsuo goes up into space to blow up the satellite. Uh, yeah, for I one... keep forgetting that he was able to do that. The powers were that crazy. So, the thing that stands out to me the most about that scene, and first of all, the sound design and the soundtrack in this anime, in this movie, is so fucking off the charts. It's wonderful. Throat singing and fucking percussion instruments with like 80 synth. Never thought I needed it, but here it is. Yeah, with people just going, oh, yeah, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, oh. It's like, oh my God, damn, you're just breathing into a microphone, and I love it. Um, but yeah, so he goes into space, and like you had, you know, plenty of space anime before, Gundams and of the like, and there's always pew 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 explosions in space. But that's not how space actually is. This is one of the first pieces of media that I am aware of, especially anime, that took space, and like there was no sound in the vacuum of space. All you heard was that like rushing wind sound but they're like you didn't hear any explosions you didn't hear Tetsuo fucking talk or anything like that you didn't hear the nothing the entire time they were in space there wasn't a fucking sound and I just think that's such a cool piece of sound design that I really didn't pay attention to until this rewatch and I was like oh my god that's amazing yeah I do remember that now I think live action films have
0: done that because there's been a lot of space films so I will argue that it's been done before, but yes, for this anime to get that detailed, especially with like just this kind of crazy apocalyptic type of anime, it's it is astounding.
1: Yeah, just a really cool detail that they didn't need to do. It would have been might have been cooler with an explosion, but I think it was awesome. And then the scene directly after that, I really love, and it always sticks out to me when Kaneda is looking up to the sky and the satellite starts to fall, and he like starts dodging pieces of rock and sh- and debris that are falling. <laughs> That's literally
0: know. like a Vash from Trigun. He does the same thing, so it's kind of funny that the same actor is doing that with Kaneda as well.
1: Right? It's like a brief moment of levity, but the way it was animated, how Kaneda was just very small on the screen and you kept having like different rocks kind of fall into screen and he's <laughs> yeah. he's almost like Looney Tunes running around. I just it sticks out to me every time and I'm glad I remembered to bring it up.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, dude. No, I mean, um,
0: I, I'm excited to even, because we're going to obviously have to give our, our ratings now to to end this up and say what our new ratings are, even though
1: you probably don't even have to adjust yours. but No, probably not. Probably not. St- um, I do have, if you want me to uh, quick fire, I have a list of the top 10 uh, Akira bike slide homage homages. So this is like okay, 10 series that have done the homage. So first of all, I think it's 10 either way. We're gonna start off, and this is not the entire list, but we have Batman the animated series. Okay. Apparently, Robin, sense. Robin did it. We have Pokemon. Officer Jenny did the fucking Akira bike slide. Oh my god, she did. We have Star Wars: The Clone Wars. Um, I'm not gonna look and find oh. out who did it. Carmen Sandiego, also the Netflix uh, 2009 to 2021 animated series. Uh, let's see what else we got. X Men: The Origins Wolverine. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Oh he yeah, did I see it with it. his claws. Yep, I it see it right claws. now. I see yeah. the fucking thumbnail. Uh, You're under arrest, which looks like uh, another anime that I've never heard of. Definitely, like it says, '96 to 2008.' Uh, we got Final Fantasy Advent Children. Oh fucking- yeah, that's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Adventure Time using the bike slide. They did. A- I know they've done a couple Akira bike slide homages. Um, we got Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the 2003 to 10 uh, oh. animated series. The movie Nope, Jordan Peele, what a homie. And that's all it's got on this list, but I guarantee there's probably hundreds more. It is so iconic.
0: No, I, I believe that. It's it's true. I mean, I was
1: looking forward to it, to watch it again. I'm like, there it is. It's so, so short, too. Like, the fact that that, like, not I'm not discrediting it at all, but it's like it's such a, it's like a second long, and it it revolutionized animation. <laughs> it's so crazy. Um, I love it.
0: But no, all in all, I would say nothing has
1: changed for you, for Akira. 10 Um, out of 10, baby. It's fucking my favorite, probably my favorite movie ever. It's so good.
0: Yeah. uh, My thing is, is that we've answered so many questions on it. Maybe eventually I'll get the dick out of my ass and stop, (laughs) uh, you know, making it be like it needs to be a 10 out of 10, needs to be perfect and never have to question things. But truly, I gave this an 8 the first time I watched it in sub. And I feel like that was a disservice. I want to give it a nine now. I I thoroughly enjoyed it more. I don't know if the dub helped. I don't know if maybe kind of now I'm not like a veteran, but I'm like over 200 animes and I'm, I'm starting to really get to where I like my certain stuff. And I think Akira is a lot of things. I like cyberpunk. I like a lot of that darkness to it. I mean, I like the dark fucking tones of stuff. I don't need depression yeah. all the time, but I, I like it. and. I like it when it's a neutral aspect where it shows many different sides of characters, government and make sure it shows you that not just one person is good or bad. It's kind of like it depends on where you're standing, you know? It's it's just that big old question and then it has this big psychic type of outworldly kind of shit going on. It's just all over the place and uh so yeah, 9 out of 10. Maybe the third time I'll give it a 10 out of 10. I just Dude, every I have time my
1: bias so Every time I've rewatched it, it's gotten better for me. Like, this is 100% <laughs> a, a movie that gets better on a rewatch.
0: Yeah, I mean, truly, I, I don't know. I, at this point, we've talked about it so much, though, and I really wish I could get, like, Devin or someone to watch it. I actually asked my wife. I'm like, hey, I gotta, I'm going to watch movies for the month. Do you want to watch any? And she's like, I'm all set. I'm like, fucking A. Dude, I can't even get her kidding. to watch a movie.
1: This is, not, this is less of a joke than it should be. Ask your fucking dad. Like just My give dad? It a- Dude, okay, your dad loves 1980s action movies, right?
0: Yeah, I don't know yeah. if you'd watch an animated anime. I, of
1: I think this is. I really feel like this transcends anime. I okay, do me a favor, and you don't have to follow up on the podcast, but I do want to know. Ask your dad if he even knows what Akira is, because if he already knows what it is, he might. You might get him to watch it, but it's something that like listeners out there, if you're trying to connect anime with like a parent. And they're from the generation of like Arnold Schwarzenegger. This was this came up around that time. Like this was a big thing. This wasn't just like tape trading nerds. Like Akira was was cool, man. Ask them. I, I guarantee this is like a, a boomer movie that they will love. And if they don't, then I'm sorry.
0: Fair enough. Well, either way, um, I know anyone that's listening that actually already knows what happens. Enjoyed this probably thoroughly. If you didn't, please let us know in the Discord so we can have a huge topic about that and and go from there. <laughs> yeah, for um, sure.
1: For sure. That being said, join any, the Discord oh yeah there you go no no go ahead if you if you got something to say before i get in before i go to plug no no i was
0: gonna say if there's anything else you want to mention if not uh you can you can say what you need to and then we can talk about at least real quick what we're gonna probably watch for the next episode before we leave here
1: yeah that's fair so no i i uh, think the last thing i'll say Akira is great it it is it inspired everything you love and that's not even hyperbolic it's true (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so um yeah let me get into plugs and then we'll get, and then we will let everybody know what we got on the docket for next week. So yeah, plugs real quick. I'm going to go fucking rapid fire. Boom, boom, boom. Discord, Instagram, Twitter, all in the show notes. Click on the link. It'll bring you there. Patreon, patreon.com slash podcast. In the show notes, click on the link. It'll get you there. We also have an email. You can't click on that link, but you can copy and paste it. Hit us up. Talk to us. Let us know what's good. By the way, the Patreon, it's only a dollar. You know, a dollar's not that bad. We're worth a dollar. And, uh, yes, leave a review on Apple, and we will read it on the show, even if it's a bad review. So, you know, if you don't want to get put on blast for a one-star review, then, like, maybe don't leave that. But, like, if you got a good review and you want to hear it read, we'd be happy to. You know? It's cool. And, uh, yeah, other than that, I love you. Anyway, what do we got on the docket for next week, JD?
0: All right, well, we have a busy five weeks in May, so there's going to be a lot of films in here, and if you don't like this next film, don't worry. Maybe the next one will uh, brighten up your day, but for me, I've decided we are finally going to get to watch the second movie of the SAO Progressive for Asuna. It has officially been released on Crunchyroll as of like a month ago, I checked, and I always wanted to watch that. Me and Earthworm both actually enjoyed this, saying this is better than the original, so... Uh, it will be the second part of the movie we've already done the first part if you want to watch that first but uh that will be what we're uh, watching and reviewing for the next episode and if you have any recommendations for further down the line we will take them into consideration
1: yeah we still got a few weeks left and you know uh nothing's set in stone so if you if if we get everybody in the discord's like hey watch this one specific movie well we're not above peer pressure so get on it everybody if there's
0: 20 of you i mean it's hard to go against 20
1: get on it everybody and yes one more call if you're still here and you are interested in anime brothers merch let us know hit us up tell us that you want merch because again not above peer pressure and the more people that yell at us the more likely we're going to do stuff
0: but as always I am JD and that is Mr. Earthworm over there and we are hoping to see you on the next episode of the anime brothers for the SAO progressive part 2
1: goodbye everybody (laughs)